0: A major grading company has just changed their grading scale. What chaos will this cause for the cards you already have graded? We're going to talk about it next on Cards on the Table. Hello! Sports Card Investors, and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table, our fast-paced talk show where the topics come from you, the audience, and we are going to have a lively discussion about some of them today. I'm joined, as always, by Teapot, head of our products here at Sports Card Investor. Welcome. Thank you, Jeff. And our content specialist, you guys see him a lot on social. Hammer, welcome back to the show, sir. Always good to be back. Hammer is a massive baseball fan, and that's going to tie in well to some of the topics we're going to talk about. Happy opening day, everybody. But before we get to that, we got to talk about this news when it comes to grading companies because CSG has just changed their grading scale. Can you imagine a company that already has thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of graded slabs out there in the world deciding to change their grading scale and what that might mean for everybody who already has those slabs in their possession? But that's exactly what's happened. So what CSG has done, they currently, the 9.5 grade is what CSG considers to be their gem mint grade, much like how Beckett, how BGS grades. And the 10 is a very difficult, lofty, kind of impossible to get grade, much like how BGS operates. Well, CSG has decided now that they're going to make the 10 their gem mint grade. So 10s are going to be easier to achieve. Previously, the best of the nine fives, they're now going to be given a 10 grade. Then they're going to have a second 10 grade, their perfect 10, which is... For the truly exceptional tens essentially what used to be one of their tens before now personally i like this new grading scale better this is actually now kind of mimicking sgc's grading scale however it's confusing for all the people out there who already have their cards slabbed teapot what does this all mean
1: well there's this was a twofold announcement right new label same slab, there was that debate between you and Doug about CSG labels and slabs and we like the slab, but we don't like the label. They're updating the label. I don't love it, but it, it looks fa- better. It looks fairly, Definitely um, better. it's unoffensive, right? right? It'll look pretty neutral on a lot of cards. And then they changed the grading scale. And, and here's the thing, in a vacuum, you wanna think that your, grade is, your card is getting the most accurate down to the nitty gritty grade possible. The reality is that these graders are holding your card for like 30 seconds. And then they're on to the next card it is a fast grade it's highly subjective and in that case if you're sending cards you want them to lean toward giving you a better grade and not giving you a worse grade and what i was hearing from person after person i never sent anything that csg yet was just a bloodbath you send in 100 cards and they're getting back like literally 25 8s 85s, 9s and maybe some nine fives and like three tens and they're just like what am i supposed to do with this the resale value on a csg 10 wasn't even PSA 10 and it was like five times harder to get a CSG 10. So the move is really, really smart in my opinion. They listened to the the collector, they listened to their audience and they were probably losing a lot of business in my opinion. The other smart thing that they did just related to the slab is that they did just redesign the label to fit within the new slab and visually they made some subtle changes so it doesn't look like that label is as As big as it used to, but it is the same size. So all around, I think just really smart on their part.
0: Well, and so I agree. I I will commend CSG for listening to the hobby because there was definitely a complaint that their grades were too tough and that their grading scale. I mean, I think everybody has seen the success of PSA from a grading scale standpoint where people want a 10. People want a 10. People want a perfect 10. I prefer a 10 over a 9.5, even if at the end of the day, they mean the same thing. So I'm glad they listened. But man, this has got to cause some chaos for people who already have CSG slaps
2: totally and to be honest with you for me i think it was not maybe a little too late this is something that they maybe could have got ahead of you know before psa and bgs started to come out with their more affordable submissions so For me, I think it just causes some further confusion, which might have people just step away now and just go back to those household names. But if you're a CSG collector, you have to be happy that they're going to the the SGC route and in terms of how their grading is going. So I'm happy for those individuals that collect this, but I do think it was something that they could have done sooner because if they do decide to change something again down the road, then it's like, okay, now now we're changing something again. So it could just cause further confusion
0: uh, among a hobby that already has a lot going on. The hobby does have a lot going on. And by the way, if you have CSG slabs that are nine five graded, you do have the opportunity to send those back in and get them evaluated for being switched to a 10. Now, they aren't apparently automatically gonna switch nine fives to tens. What they are gonna do, because they're gonna keep a nine five grade as well, but what they are gonna do is they're gonna take the best of the nine fives and they're gonna regrade those as a 10, a gem mint 10. So if you want your card evaluated, apparently it's a $5 fee, so they're charging a a much reduced fee to do this. So if you are a holder of CSG Slabs, check their website, that, that definitely is something to consider. We are, by the way, offering CSG submissions through our Sports Card Investor Bulk Grading Submission Service. I think people will probably be more apt to use them now with the new grading scale and the new, and the new holders and the new labels we'll see, uh, new labels I should say. And if you're interested in bulk submitting to CSG, best way to do it is to go to sportscardinvestor.com, click grading in the main menu bar. All right, guys, let's get to our next topic. This one is very timely because it is opening day. Hammer, I know this is something you are pumped up for, hoping hoping your Cardinals maybe have a little bit of a breakthrough this year. Um, And uh, there's a lot of baseball card investors who are excited about the various prospects. We've talked before about how this seems to be kind of a real rich time in baseball's history where you have a lot of young up and coming stars, not only just the prospects who have things to be proven, you know, things left to prove, but you've got a lot of actually pretty established stars, but who are 25, 26, or under. So they've got big careers ahead of them. Of those types of players, Hammer, who are you most excited about this year? Who do you think is uh, someone who, from a, from a baseball card investing standpoint, you think has a lot of potential?
2: Yeah, so, so my guy is going to be, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I really see him as, as the next, you know, top two guy within, this, within the baseball card hobby. I mean, this guy had an unbelievable season last year, almost hit the triple crown. If it wasn't for Otani, he already would have won the MVP, in my opinion. I mean, going into this year, he's already favored to have the most home runs and RBIs in the league. And from a, a team standpoint, the Blue Jays are favored to win the AL. So, you know, you want a guy that's going to be playing when it matters most. And at such a young age, he's, lo- he's lost weight in the offseason. So I really think his prices are going to elevate right now. He's, you know, under guys like Otani and Acuna for some of his most popular rookies. But I really think he's going to take the next step up this year from a hobby standpoint and
0: be looked at like Trout and Soto. By the way, how good is that division? I mean, that's impressive the Blue Jays are favored to win that division because, you, I mean, the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays, I mean, that is, that is a murderer's row in that division. You know, maybe we won't count the Orioles. But outside of them, that's a really incredible division. I mean, it really is. It's impressive. Um, you know, what's interesting about, about Vlad Guerrero Jr., the, unfortunately, the sports card market last year, you know, we, we saw prices decline. Uh, for, you know starting around the beginning of kind of late spring beginning of the summer Which by the way was right around when the baseball season started and we saw prices slide through the summer into the fall Because of that you had this crazy phenomenon where Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s Cards were actually slightly less expensive on the day the season ended than the day the season started Despite the fact that he almost won the Triple Crown. That's insanity. I'm with you on Vlad I mean, how amazing is he to almost win the Triple Crown at such a young age? I think he's got a real bright career ahead of him. I love that. How about you, Teapot?
1: Yeah, I've got a list of guys. The first one, and I, I love the Vladdy Pickett's, you know, kind of a no-brainer. He had a great season not to win an MVP. Uh, and I would say, like, the guy that I'm the biggest on is Juan Soto. He's He has the best plate discipline for a guy his age you've ever seen. He's only 23 years old, undisputed confidence going back to that World Series run. And if you look last year... Uh, He led the MLB with 145 walks and just 93 strikeouts. So he has, you know, a one and a half to one ratio on walks to strikeouts. And he draws a walk about 22% of his plate appearances, which is why he was good for a 465 on base percentage. He's getting on base almost half of the time. He's got power. He doesn't chase. He'll be down 0-2 and he doesn't chase. He's just incredible at the plate. So I do think Soto is a guy to watch this year. Now, Washington is probably going to struggle. But that didn't really impact him last year when he started to tear it up after the All-Star game. The other guys, quickly, I would say Bo Bichette, kind of the opposite of Soto in that he loves to swing and he loves to put the ball in play. He doesn't strike out a ton, but he did lead major leagues last year with 191 hits. He had a 5.9 war, and that Toronto lineup is going to be brutal again. Matt Olson, I think this trade, or rather the, just the, the exchange of kind of letting Freeman go and getting Olson, is really going to work out in their favor. He's a guy who has flown under the radar big time in Oakland. He's a 35 to 40 home run guy, and he has a chance this year for sure to lead the league in RBIs. Other guys, keep an eye on Tatis coming back from the injury. Byron Buxton, if he can stay healthy, is an absolute incredible athlete. And then let's talk about the prospects Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr., and don't forget about my Tigers, Riley Green, who's injured, and Spencer Torkelson. So, a ton of guys. This is going to be really exciting. It's going to be a fun season.
0: baseball season. Lots of guys. It's going to be fun to watch the price movements of all of these guys throughout the course of this season. Of course, do your own research. We don't give picks. These are guys who we have our eyes on, but we want you to do your own research and figure out who you want to invest in and then use our app, tune into our show so we can show you how their cards are doing throughout the course of the year. Personally, we're going to have Acuna back here yes, in Atlanta. Right. I'm excited. He's kind of been forgotten about. He, of course, was not part of the Braves late season rally last year. He went out with the injury. Braves go on and win the World Series without him but he's one heck of a player. People forget that this guy almost made it to 40-40. 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. He would have been the youngest guy ever to do that in history. Back in the 2019 season, he came that close to doing it. He's back healthy this year. Could he have a shot at that? He might be the guy who surprisingly is under the radar now compared to all of the guys you just mentioned, yet he's on one of the best teams in baseball.
2: And best believe he has a chip on his shoulder knowing that he was not a part of that World Series team and he wants to come back with a
0: vengeance to prove, hey, we can do this with me in the lineup. I'm excited for Acuna. We'll see what what this season brings. And guys, track all of the prices in our free Sports Card Investor app. Guys, get that Sports Card Investor app for free in the App Store by searching Sports Card Investor. Okay, now it's time for our mailbag where these topics come from your YouTube comments. So leave a comment right now as to what topics you want us to talk about next week. The first topic is regarding Panini Points. Thoughts on Panini Points. Is it fair to call Panini Points a hit, and you know what I'm talking about, guys. You rip open a pack of Prism or Optic or any of the other Panini products, and you're hoping for that autograph, or you're hoping for that memorabilia card, and instead you find one of these Panini rewards cards, Panini points cards, that gives you a certain number of points to go spend on Panini's website. Whenever I hit one of those, it's always followed by a sigh. But what do you think, Teapot? How how do Panini points resonate with you? I don't like Panini points. And I I don't even really understand how they work
1: in terms of like the products and how many points you get. I've seen in huge numbers, like I don't know what their highest number is. I feel like a couple of years ago, I remember 75,000 points coming out of a Donruss box, which was like, that doesn't make sense to me. Whereas you can open Crown Royale and get like 250. uh, The the redemption rewards are extremely expensive in terms of the points. People are selling these points for crazy amounts of money on eBay. I don't really get it. Every time I think about Panini points, I think back to that video when you and Reeves were opening PRISM draft, 2019 PRISM 2019 draft. 2019 PRISM draft. And you literally like, and Panini points. Here's some more Panini points. Panini points and Reeves was just like putting his face on the table. Was, like, you did hit there, that big Zion, but it was plan. all Panini well, points. Well, no, actually
0: that was a contender's draft okay. from yeah. 2019, okay, yeah. so we didn't even hit a Zion. Oh, in fact, they, they yeah. put Panini yeah. points in almost every single box in lieu of the autograph, That's right. That's in what lieu it of was. the autograph, because you were supposed to get one, it was contenders draft picks, 2019 basketball, you were supposed to get blaster boxes, you were supposed to get one autograph yeah. per, yeah. and every single box it seemed like we got Panini points and never got an autograph. So they're used in lieu of one of those cards. Now, to your point about the, po- the point values, I had always assumed that the higher point value of the card meant that you missed a really big hit card. Like you were supposed to, if it was like the 75,000 in Adonis, I would have assumed that was you were supposed to get a Giannis one of one autograph, but since you did it, here's seventy five thousand Panini points instead. But whether that's true or whether it's just random, I don't know. Do you know? Do no, you know, yeah, I mean? no.
2: I think I think honestly it's just random. I, I don't I don't think that there is really any, anything behind that. Um, I mean, I haven't even seen somebody pull uh, you know seventy five hundred points, so I do think it's random, which just causes further confusion on if if it has to do based on a higher end product or, or if it's a lower end product. But I mean you know, like, like you said, it is very confusing. I think there's like, you know, you have sparkle packs that you can use to, to, and that is one
0: smart thing they did do. That's the one thing in the reward store that it seems like everybody wants, which,
2: which, which I do, which I do like, but some of the, some of the prices on that stuff is, is, is really expensive. And for me, you know, some people have trouble getting popular products as it is. I mean, if they could do something where, you know, you could go out and get, I don't know, like, you know, WWE, Prism Wrestling, uh, maybe you could get it, you know, in advance if you, you know, buy it through the Panini Points. You know, when I first saw Panini Points, that's what I was hoping to see. But it just seems like there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, conceptually, I think it's a fine idea. They just need more compelling things in their store. Yeah. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. Like, I, there's just, I don't know, the store's full of cards that aren't particularly appealing to a lot of people. Exactly when they do the white sparkle packs there's a huge rush for those if they would do more stuff like that throughout the year yeah just get put blasters yeah. of the of the new wrestling product in there or you know that kind of that you can get for a reasonable number of points people would actually then it would change their opinion about panini points yeah. but for the moment we're kind of a thumbs down here uh, at Sports Card Investor, it seems. Last okay. thing, I do look forward though to seeing
2: what Fanatics might do down the road and kind of studying this because, you know, they have merchandise, memorabilia, autographs. If, if you could do something where you could pull out a gift card to potentially buy a jersey or to buy a piece of memorabilia or to buy a card, I think that opens up a lot of opportunities for when Fanatics does come in and sort of shake things up.
0: That's interesting. I like it. I like that too, Fanatics memorabilia, Fanatics points, I like it, all right. Hey, if you guys know how Panini Points works, let us know in the YouTube comments. You might be helpful to us. We appreciate that. Okay, guys. Second mailbag question from the audience: Are we excited about PSA's new vaulting service? And by the way, everybody's got a vault. You got a vault. You, a vault. you got a vault. You got a vault. Everybody's got a vault. I mean, eBay. You, yeah. can't, you can't apparently can't operate in the card business anymore without a vault. We need we need a vault. We got to have a vault here just to you know just to stay relevant in the card world. I mean, seriously. PSA's got a vault, Pwcc's got a vault, eBay's got a vault, Golden's got a vault, Alt has got a vault, and then you've got all these fractional companies which put stuff in their vaults and fractional edges is lots of vaults. So with all that said, are we excited? PSA's now is interesting. It's connected. It's connected to Golden, so you know which makes sense. Collectors owns PSA and owns Golden. Are, Hammer, are we excited about PSA's vault? For the most part,
2: I would say no. I think it's more for, it, for a niche audience. I think it's for, for a high-end collector base that, that deals with selling on specifically Golden. I think if there was other platforms where you could sell on, something like an eBay, I think would help uh, you know, bring in more people to be enthusiastic about it. But um, I, think it's, I think it's a good thing for a very niche audience that loves PSA and that sells through Golden.
0: Well, you know, and the one thing, of course, PSA's got going for it for sure is there are so many cards that flow through their grading service. So if you are shipping cards to PSA and you know that your intention is to resell those cards, um, then, you know, perhaps you just put those cards straight in the vault and then you sell them on Golden. I mean, I think that's what they're hoping for. I know Golden is building out their website technology and they're trying to go more full-blown marketplace in the future, not just, you know, competing with it with... uh, not just having their monthly auctions, but they're trying to do more type of selling in the future, much like how PWCC has done. I'm a big I, I'm a big believer in vaults. I, I use PWCC's vault heavily. I've talked about it on the show before. Um, I will probably use eBay's vault heavily when eBay's vault comes online. Will I use PSA's vault? I actually have stuff in Golden's vault. So I already have a lot of stuff in Golden's vault too. So I, I'm actually probably the consumer for this type of thing but it's a lot of vaults. I don't, will I use PSAs? I don't know, I've already got accounts at three other vaults. I don't, are you gonna use PSA as this vault? What do you think of this? I
1: don't think I'll use it as much, um, probably not at all, maybe. And I see it as, again, like Hammer said, more niche. Uh, you know, like, if you have higher end cards that you know you're gonna to wanna to have go to auction, there's two reasons why you use a vault. One is for that quick turnaround to get something listed and and sold quickly. The other is for the security of it, right? If you don't want to have to have the risk of having high-end assets in your home with a break-in and potentially, you know, who knows what could happen, right? I hear a lot of people say that. They feel very safe and protected in a vault. So if that's the case, maybe, and then it's probably just going to come down to evaluating which one you feel the best about, or maybe it's a product of convenience. But I think the one I'll use the most is eBay, just because um, that, that prospect of buying and selling uh, much like we had before with the pwcc to eBay type listing scenario, is is the most appealing to me. Uh, it sounds like to me that you need to get more into a committed vault relationship. <laughs> You're just bouncing from vault to vault. So, Lots of vaults. So, uh, but Ship I stuff from one vault yeah, to the other vault. Yeah, it's just at this point, you know, it's just like you see the Oprah meme floating around. Like everybody gets a car, you, you get a vault, you get a vault, and I. I don't know that I'll use PSAs but um, good for them.
0: Well I mean there's advantages you know I do there's certain things I like to sell on Golden and therefore you know I've got Golden's vault There's certain things I like to sell on PWCC so I like their vault. So we just need, like need to get a certain things that I like to sell. We just need to get a vault
2: for all the vaults. A vault for all the vaults. <laughs> and then I think ah. then, as from,
1: from a collector buying and selling you've got everything. Now is PSA you've got is your marketplace gearing up to like have their own marketplace or have it branded with Golden through their website. You got to wonder that too at some point.
0: I don't know. I assume, you know, I I, I don't know. We'll see, obviously PSA bought golden. So they're thinking or collectors bought both, I guess you, you right. would technically say, right? Correct. So there's, I don't know, I'm sure there's- Combined vaults. Vaults all coming together. Who knows? What do you guys think? Are you guys using any of these vaults? Are you guys excited about these vaults? Let us know in the comments below and let us know what you want to, us to cover in the next episode as well. We are excited to discuss all these topics and we appreciate bringing you this show every week. And hey guys, Check out the Sports Card Investor app in the App Store. Download the Sports Card Investor app if you haven't already. And if you have, get it ready for tons of baseball card changes. Prices are gonna be going up and down every single day. So open that up, app up every morning, and see what cards are trending. Hey guys, hit that subscribe button, hit that like, and we will see you in a couple of days with our next episode. Take care, everybody. Save Alt again.